You're listening to In the Open, a Mental Health America podcast, a space where we explore mental health and navigate the challenges of life through honest and candid conversation. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to In the Open. America and Teresa here. Hi, everyone. Today's topic, feeling happy. Why are you saying it like I that? I know Teresa? because this is a hard one for us, and you and I both know it. Look, yes. we're already twitching. It's because of what you were saying. Like, there is this belief that we're supposed to just be happy and everything is going to, everything's supposed to feel nice and happy, unicorns crap. And that's not the reality. Is that social media and the internet? That's not just social media. It's exacerbated by social media, but it's something that has existed in just human nature. See, I feel like before social media and the internet, I used to feel like there was pressure to not be seen. Or is that just my trauma? <laughs> yeah. Like there was pressure to not like make waves or the presence that one had was like, put your head down, do your job. But yeah, now but that- it's like, oh, not only do you have to disappear when you need to, you have to live a miraculously happy life with all of your dreams <laughs> coming true. Those, Just those two experiences are are existing like in parallel to one another because the idea of happiness, if you go back, I'm talking back, like in the 50s, you know, there was this preconceived notion, like if you had these things, everything would be happy. And internally people were struggling, but on the outside it was just like, Oh, like if I had a car, just buy this car, you'll be happy. Yeah. So it's not something new. Today, I think how this conversation connects to some of our previous conversations we've had is that we're trying to get folks to think about the progression that happens, right? When we are struggling, we we struggle all the time, we're struggling, and we want to identify what feeling happy is. What does that look like? Because it's not just one thing. Yeah. So what's your relationship with happiness? I think I do find happiness in distinct moments. They're like tiny moments. Sometimes they're a little bit longer, but it's not like an entire day. I'd be like, oh, that was a happy day. Happy day. I know. (laughs) Which sucks because I would hope that at least at some point I'd be like, that was a really happy day. It's funny because I asked my kid, like, how was your day? Did you have a good day? And I think he Mm -hmm. conflates a good day with a happy day. Oh, interesting. And I think I probably do the same, you know? Which How does he respond to that? Oh, he's so mean. So sad. He, like, lists the 10 things that were bad. And he's like, it was a bad day. And I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) And then his his cousin comes in, who's in his class, and he was like, it's a good day. Here are all the things that... Oh my God, y'all, I'm having a freaking revelation. I think that's what it is. My son is conflating a good day with happy feelings, but his cousin can say it's a good day because here are the things that just went well. I didn't get in trouble. Nobody yelled at us. He says, you know, nobody yelled at us today, the teacher. <laughs> I do the same thing though. It's not just your son. I know, and but it's a it, but it's part of the thing. I think the way that we conceptualize what happens to us. So like, if it's a good day, did good things happen versus was it a good day because bad things did not happen? Like, is it a good day because I I felt happy? I got to do all the things that I wanted, you know? 
that's a high bar versus it's a good day because we didn't get in trouble. It's a lower bar. But okay, I want to say that, but I, I I agree with you. I think I conflate happiness with laughter. But that's not a bad thing. But but then I'm not always laughing, you know? Yeah, yeah. But then but when you said that, I also thought, okay, there are days when I feel more happy than not. When I go on hikes, when I have space and time to do the things that are kind of like what we said last week with not feeling burdened. And so I'm just in a space where I'm appreciating what's around me. I do feel happier. Like if I get to go on a hike, is that a day where I feel happier? Okay. Originally you said, is happiness connected to the fact that we we are getting to do the things that we want to do? Yeah. That's one, yeah. right? Then the other is that in our mind, no bad things have happened. No so bad things it, have happened. Yeah. So it that was makes it good. a good day. Yeah. But not a happy day. Yeah, I didn't ask if it was a happy day. Because that's that's different. When you talk about what you're referencing right now, like if you can go and take time to go on a hike, do you feel happy when you're doing that? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Don't you? Do you? Yes, I do. I When I go out and I'm like – and you're Walking spending the, the time or... doing what you enjoy. You do feel happy. Yes. Yes. I can, then, I I do feel happy. And do you conflate goodness with happiness? I think so. And sometimes it happens that I do conflate it and then other times I'm I can clearly see, oh, look, in that x amount of time you were really happy. Yeah. As little tiny like a little encapsulated bubble of happiness. Yeah. For me, it occurs less often, but when it does, I'm like, oh, damn, that was nice. So I, I you know, uh, we're podcasters. So I listen to a lot of podcasts, right? <laughs> and I love listening to podcasts. They It makes me happy to just be able to listen to stories and hear people out. And my fiance asked me, he was like, do you really enjoy that? Like completely... <laughs> Like, what are you getting from that experience? And I thought about it. I was like, yeah, I really, it really just makes me happy that I can just listen and learn things that I haven't learned before, maybe have my eyes open to some new experience. And he was like, oh, I never really understood that. But okay, if you frame it that way, I can see why you enjoy it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, they make me happy. So what about this? Like there's – so going back to my little nephew. So is that bar – like to feel happy, you have to be doing something you enjoy. Is that bar too high? Like should we be adjusting that in order to feel more happiness? I think that depends on 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 your worldview. I'm going to explain it to you this way, right? How old, how old is your son and nephew? They're seven. Okay. For a seven-year-old, they're looking at the world right here, right? <laughs> There's happiness for them is very different than happiness for somebody at 20, 30, 40, 15. I don't, I don't think so. Oh, I totally think I so. I mean, to the extent that if happiness is doing the things you enjoy, then what they enjoy is different, but you don't I don't think, think that it's always that you're getting to do things you enjoy. I don't think so. Okay, then um, what else is happiness? Happiness is also... Being able to work through something without 
losing it. That's happiness. For, for real? Me. You for feel real. happy if you don't lose it. Yeah, because I'm like, yo, I am I'm I'm being able to take these tools that I've been learning and, and apply it. That makes me happy. That makes me happy and proud. So you're kind of like both kids where <laughs> happiness is something you enjoy and you also see happiness by being you're spending the time to be to have gratitude. Mm-hmm. And that makes you happy. Yeah. Because Damn, sometimes dude, that's happiness, so good and healthy. <laughs> happiness will happen, right? Like you can always seek it out. Going and getting um, frozen yogi, like with my stepdaughter and my niece, is like, and my nephew. It's one of the favorite things that we do. When we do that, as much as they may grumble and they're like, "Whatever," and we're there when we do it, I am so happy that we can just sit there yeah. together. No, but I call that Max happy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. No, that's like something you really enjoy. That's like max happiness. Okay. And the more you get to do those things, it's like you're really lucky. You have all this time to really have the space and time to do the things you really enjoy that make you happy. But you're also saying this other piece, which is making me sit, which is practicing happiness for you is also like you had a meeting and you didn't explode. You can take the time and say to yourself, man, I'm really proud of myself for not exploding which is the absence of a negative outcome, yeah, which is like but my other nephew. And he says, yeah, it was yeah. good. I, I'm happy. I Nobody got in trouble today. I didn't blow up. I didn't get yelled at. I'm happy. I'm happy because I didn't get yelled at. Yeah, Versus I'm happy because I had to actively engage in something that makes me happy. Right. I think what's interesting about the the viewpoint of, of children is that when they when they start to identify that things – can go their way. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it that. Then it's learned behavior, right? Like, oh, I'm doing all the things that the teacher's asking me to do. I'm lining up. I'm being the line leader. All these things, and you're getting stars, right? Yeah, you're you're getting stars. So you see that, and you're able to see that. We lose sight of that as we grow older because nobody's there telling us, "Hey, you're being a fabulous line leader today. You're doing such a great job." right? And here's your star. We don't do that. We we lose that initial happiness that we're getting because we're learning how to identify the things that are working for us and making it part of our routine. It becomes so routine, we lose sight of it. It's funny too, because get, giving accolades, like verbal affirmation, mm-hmm. probably because of what I shared earlier about nobody expecting to do that, like why do you expect thanks? Oh, did you ever hear oh, that I, growing up? Yeah, I've heard why, that. Why do you expect things? Which is kind of screwed up because I have friends and people in my life who are like, no, I think that I should expect you to thank me for even doing the most basic things because it's good to just thank all of us all the time to show that. And that was a real mind blow up for me because I was like, that phrase that I had learned as a kid, like nobody needs to thank you for just doing your chores. You know, I don't know. I don't. Rem- I don't know. I don't remember my childhood if I was thanked for things. I don't. Now we do make an effort of of really saying thank you. And when somebody doesn't, maybe outside of our family, I I get in my feelings. I'm like, yo, you can at least say thank you. You know, acknowledge the fact that this was done for you on your behalf. It's just done. Say thanks. It's just your ability to notice that 
some some effort was put into place. How about your partner? Like if he does the laundry. <laughs> Doesn't happen. <laughs> oh, come on. If he does something um, for the fam. He had to learn that. I need to, I need to hear the thank you and he wasn't accustomed to saying thank you. So I would I I had to tell him. I really need you to tell me thank you. Oh, you were the one. Yeah. He didn't have that behavior. But I think that's what I think Which that think those learned. are the practices of happiness, you know. He doesn't expect it, but you wonder if he's inside his head and if he would feel happier if you said thank you and he spent the time accepting the thank you, you know? Because when my hu- my husband first started saying thank you to me, I wouldn't accept it. I was like, duh, of course, I just do that. You know, it's like you dismiss, oh. you you have that brain, and that person, that voice in your head that just says like, you don't deserve a thanks, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which means you're not accepting the thanks, which means you're not leaning into practices that bring happiness, to bring gratitude or positive yeah. feelings. It's be- I think it turns so. of everyday chore into an obligation or a, ta- a chore instead of seeing like yeah I'm i think be you're going in a direction of of how it ties to gratitude and how gratitude is tied in many ways to positive feelings whether it's happiness or feeling appreciated i don't always think that your thank you is going to make me happy okay like oh that I- it it makes me feel appreciated, right? I feel appreciated by you saying thank you and acknowledging that. But is it making me happy? I don't I don't know. I don't think so. You should answer that question because we also know from a feelings perspective, we're horrible at feeling words. We only know five feelings. Happy, sad, mad. <laughs> Maybe only three. Happy, sad, and mad. <laughs> Yeah. But you're saying underneath happiness is appreciation, gratitude. Mm-hmm. Acknowledgement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, underneath happiness is also present mindedness. My, If I'm happy, my anxiety brain is not taking over telling me to be somewhere else worrying about something, you know? Oh, interesting. Okay. I mean, if I, if I go back to what we said earlier about why, why does taking a hike make me happy? Well, because I'm just here. Like I can't be in front of my phone. If I'm best, I just leave the phone in the car. The things that burden you or like our obligation, the things that pull you away from being and appreciating just like right here. What's right here? Mindfulness. That's okay. You're tapping into something that's really important, which I think is that idea of of being present in the moment because we overlook all the tiny experiences that we have throughout the day because of routine, because of the needs that exist around us, that when there are potential opportunities for happiness, the rush of day makes it go by. So I'm sitting here thinking while you're talking about where is there happiness in my day? And I'll tell you, the first thing that happens in the morning is me playing with Rocco, my dog. Okay. That makes me so happy just to have him and I can cuddle with him. And I know he's happy too, right? Like I can feel he's happy. And then there's a whole routine we get into. But at the beginning of every day, that's how my day starts. Yeah. Because like the the winter is hard. Mm -hmm. I never did this before, but I learned that looking at the sun, being in sunlight for 15 minutes actually does something to your eyeballs. So I got to like, I have to go read that book or whatever, where I found this factoid. 
But looking at the sun can infuse your eyes with happiness or just counter depression. Really? And I never did this before. I'm like, man, I'm so grateful to my friend who showed me this. And it's obviously everywhere, but I've been sitting outside for 15 minutes. And I have to tell myself, don't go outside with your phone mm. and just let the yeah. sun light. Receive your the light. Eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Look around. Take a moment. I notice that it's been really helpful. That's fabulous. Yeah. I don't, I mean, but, but for you, it's your dog. Like you're doing something mm-hmm. in the morning to set yourself right, and it only takes 15 minutes. Yeah. But to me, that big intention of setting aside time is also super important because it's not just like the practice is every day. Like going back to the chore thing when my husband mm-hmm. was like, I, I remember when he said it at first, like, oh, are you going to thank me for doing the dishes? <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, totally. Thanks. That's awesome. I did not respond that way in my brain. But now I have – I intentionally tell him thank you and then I let myself mm-hmm. sit in that space and then if he tells me thank you I accept it and I have to sit in that space but I had to learn that and that's a one minute practice or a 30 second practice that I was not doing before and then but the yeah. sitting outside for 15 minutes is even more practice but when you when you focus on on these like these two examples that you're thinking about Teresa what I think is interesting about it is for somebody to show your show their appreciation for you, whether it's your husband, me, any one of our colleagues or anything, you can see there are times when it still makes you uncomfortable. And that is because I know your story, right? That those positive words of affirmation were not used. So yeah. that that discomfort that comes about and the practice that you're employing now to to actively take it in, receive it, and not be like, oh God, why? Yeah. That that right now that makes me happy for you because that's that shows your growth. Yeah, no, that's the practice and mm-hmm. the work. And it was so much harder at the beginning because I was so automatic in mm. turning towards the negative or dismissing. In my brain, because always on my face, masking, like <laughs> looking right. But you know, yeah. you go home and you, or you're just with yourself and you're not serving myself. I don't even know who, who I'm serving. I'm serving no one. I'm just torturing myself. I find that the conversation is leading us to this point of asking if we are consistently working towards feeling happy, okay, in quotes, feeling happy. Does that mean that right now we have identified a couple of moments, snippets of time when we are happy? How do we apply that same practice to make it so that this feeling of happiness gets extended into the rest of our day? Yeah. Is that possible? I think this is also why I have a trouble with um, gift giving. Really? Yeah. I do not like to receive – I don't like to give gifts because I don't like to receive gifts. And so therefore, I cannot enjoy and feel happy with that act of love. It moves to obligation. Like somebody wants to give me a gift, the immediate thought I have is how do I give something back to you? Oh. Or like I feel pressure. Like how do I return the favor? Mm-hmm. I don't know where or how that voice or what I learned there, but I do not – I cannot – 
Do you like gift giving? I do like gift giving <sighs> because I hope whatever I get, the person makes them happy. And then I I also like receiving gifts because the people that know me really well and like get me could be something tiny. Be like, I saw this and and I was like, oh, that makes me so happy because they paid attention to something yeah. that is of interest to me. I do feel that, but then mm-hmm. I I need to practice making that feeling last longer before I right. jump to what do I need to give you back. Yeah, I feel like the the conversation for us today has led us to this idea that we have to be able to take these snippets of time and be able to take whatever we learn from that to make it last longer. So even if we have like your nephew, right? Like <laughs> I love I love it. That he's saying, yeah, nothing, uh, everybody was good today, right? And nobody got in trouble. Okay. So how we make that last? Nobody got in trouble. So that's a good thing. That's fabulous, right? Everybody's doing what they have to do, essentially. Yeah. But for us, when we are, you know, living our life and we're we're in school or whatever, you don't always get that, I'm going to say, validation. So it has to come from us, right? For it to be effective, we have to find a way to self-validate. There is one place where I do do that naturally. So because living with depression means if I am not laid out or in an episode, I have felt grateful that I'm not miserable. (laughs) That's good. That's a recognition. Yeah. But a bit of it is tied to fear. Mm. I'm not grateful. I'm just not scared as much, which does make it easier to be happy. So in my brain, I need to switch that voice from good job, at least you're not laid out, to good job. What? Good job. Good job. You're doing the things you need to do to take care of yourself. You're taking care of yourself. You know, now what I want to do is just go like run and ask people, when was the last time you were happy? Give me the moment, right? Like share. I think it'd be interesting to hear that from people. So send us an email. Tell us when was the last time you were happy, where you felt happiness. I know. That's a, that's a, that, I think that's a enlightening because when you ask mm-hmm. that question of yourself, our automatic brain goes to places of max happiness. So we're not acknowledging all the minor little levels of happiness that feed you, that fill mm-hmm. your bucket. Yes. And the people who do seem the most happy probably do more and more of that, filling their bucket little by little. They're not waiting for that going out to eat yogurt. So I'm dumping a ton of happiness into my max <laughs> happy bucket. You know, I'm like max happy. Shh, Yo, don't stop on my yogurt dreams and my yogurt memories. I know I'm all max happy. Now you're going to know you're acknowledging max happy. You're like, wow. But then we're going to fill our bucket little by little the happy bucket. Because I think if you ask that question, we ask ourselves that question. I think most people think max happy. That's what we did. Mm-hmm. We we're like, oh, when am I max happy? Hiking, going to yogurt, sitting in the sun, playing with my dog. But that's why you and I are angry buttholes. <laughs> like we're we're not we're not good at this practice. We are we're, we are bent towards obligation and anger and expectation. Yeah, responsibility. Yeah, responsibility. Like equality. You did for me. I do for you. You know. It's like no. What is the thing? What did you get from this? And are you sitting in that space? Like there's no end, right? But it's like a little bit more. How much little bit more can we do for ourselves to to give ourselves 
acknowledgement. I hear you and everything that you're saying, but my brain is telling me, I guess similar to what you're saying, you need to fill up that bucket, right? But for me, like the moments that I have that are the yogurt or I'm hiking or whatever, and those are max happy points, right? Yeah. There is an aspect to that that feeds into our ability to then identify these smaller moments, which if we are able to really spend time and say, why does why does me going and grabbing yogurt with my kids make me happy? What about that? What is it doing? And then I'm able to say, you know what? We're just sitting with each other. We're laughing with each other. That's it. There's nothing else. We're not looking at phones, whatever. Then that helps me identify then opportunities to go back into our daily life and say, look, that that can be fed into the rest of these chances for happiness. Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. But and it's the it's the catching yourself though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like you have to catch yourself because you're not doing it. Like my automatic brain goes to obligation. Right. I'm basically filling up the angry bucket or the obligation bucket. I'm not taking this moment that could go into the happy bucket, fill up the happy brain. I'm filling up the angry bucket, the obligation bucket, the worry bucket, or even the sad bucket when I'm like basically convincing myself that somebody is doing something not for me, but for something else or like, like dismissing, like, where am I putting that? That's the like crap on Teresa bucket, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No wonder depression, right? Like, no wonder I'm like, like that my depressed brain is telling me to go put it there. And I have to work against that part of my brain that wants to move it to that bucket and train it to move it to this bucket. (laughs) Right. Like, I think the training in that aspect would get you to a place where that bucket wouldn't even exist. Like, it's not needed. I don't know that it won't ever exist, but maybe it's a power it has instead of two gallons. That's interesting. Like the does the bucket size ever change? Is it always there, ready to be filled? But you have to work on. This is a question for a neuroscientist. Like, if you don't fill in the the sad bucket, does it eventually shrink? I think so. You think so? I do. I do. Yes. 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 Um, we should explore that in a different in a different session. Okay. All right. Thank you, everyone. Keep on fighting. Talk to y'all next week. Bye.